to Light the Sky podcast, and welcome to episode seven, another film project somehow in the Pink Floyd canon with Obscured by Clouds, 1972, uh, really their last album before uh, what we're all waiting for with Dark Side of the Moon and International Superstardom. Uh, interesting trajectory, I suppose. Pink Floyd went from making music for films to making films for their music, as they would do on so many of their live stages that lit the sky, and hence the reason that we are covering them album by album, track by track, obscured by clouds. Music for a film never to be seen. I tried. I tried finding it. I couldn't find it. I honestly put the effort in. And uh, yeah, uh, the internet let me down. I uh, ended up watching a trippy 60s movie called The Trip anyway. It uh, wasn't bad, but no Pink Floyd soundtrack and no movie for me. Any of you guys uh, uh, see the 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 film that this music we, we didn't. No, I didn't even attempt to look. Yeah. I, I you know, it's, not. You know, it's you know, it's funny just with I mean, because they were kind of gaining kind of international acclaim at this point. It was funny that they kept giving this guy like their time because all yeah. these movies are so obscure. <laughs> mm-hmm. It yeah. is a, a woman, right? Uh, uh, Barbara Schroeder. No, it's a guy. It's a guy. OK, yeah, it is he a was guy. Iranian then because I, he'd, uh, I wasn't 100 percent sure. Um, right. I, I think they. Right. I think in the 80s and 90s, I think he went on to do some acclaimed kind of like well-known movies. But uh, it was just well, funny. surprising that Pink Floyd does not make your movie any more well-known, apparently, because right. even on the you know corners of the Internet that usually has this kind of stuff, it wasn't there. So uh, I tried <laughs> and I hope maybe someday because I did enjoy more, even if it took 90 minutes to get good. I guess that was par for the course this these days uh, with uh, music, film, whatever. Um, it was kind of uh, a, a interesting to hear in context, and I feel like if you're going to judge this as a soundtrack, how can you do that without seeing the film? But if you're going to judge it as an album, then that makes it a bit more, um, well, I guess, now soundtrack albums have their own qualities, and Pink Floyd albums have others, and they're not always compatible. But yeah, and before we get started, Alex, uh, seems like we've been getting a little bit of uh, commentary going this week. Care to share? Yeah, getting, getting a little love on both Instagram and Reddit, uh, like we stated in an episode or two ago. Uh, we appreciate the feedback, good or bad. Let us know what you think. Uh, we got a few comments uh, from a user. I, th- I think we said it was DWDUKC. Uh, he's the one that suggested the website a few episodes ago. So we got that up and we appreciate the feedback on that. Uh, it was funny. He was mentioning uh, back on the Adam Hart Mother episode, he said uh, this was a weird album for uh, for him. He didn't dislike it as much as us, uh, but that's all right. As usual, our comments are interesting, though, and he really appreciates our knowledge of other artists, which allows us to make interesting comparisons. Comparisons. Uh, since we liked Fat Old Son, uh, he recommended listening to the more recent version on David Gilmore's Live and Gedanks uh, uh, live album, which I did listen to and I actually liked a lot. Uh, and he was saying, uh, "Lay off Nick." So <laughs> we'll do we'll we'll do our best, uh, but you know it's all in good fun. Uh, and then uh, for in response to metal, uh, we got a user Atreides six zero three enjoys these episodes every week. Thanks for putting them together. Uh, on Instagram, uh, user Hesco one eighty two. Uh, said that uh, Metal was one of his favorite Floyd albums so far, but Mark's Love It or Flush It was the most frustrating one yet, LOL. Overall, a great episode. And maybe my favorite, 
Uh, from Genghis Gonzo, really enjoying the podcast. Started with the Piper episode and just finished Adam Hart Mother. It's fun hearing all your takes, interpretations, and comments on these songs and albums. What makes it special is the mix of musical knowledge without the pretense. This sounds like what four good friends who love and really ate really appreciate and you know good music would talk about in the living room keep it up i'm hooked looking forward to more journeys through other artists once we finish floyd so yeah i mean that's exactly what we're going for and we appreciate that i mean like i said we're we do this every like sunday night if we can uh you know it's just a a nice opportunity to get the guys together for a few a few hours drink a beer and just kind of shoot the breeze about albums we like so we appreciate that was bang on with that i mean we're just it really was yeah i mean we're just not not uh we're not music critics. We don't want to be. We just want to uh, examine the music that all of us has at least some footing in, and it makes it fun to uh, at least get together for somewhat in uh, you know the COVID world and uh, hang out and talk music. Really, um, we're all musicians, but like none of us are uh, you know aspiring kid- critics, and we're not here to kiss bands' butts. We're here to at least uh, have fun with uh, you know what they put out there. So uh, it sounds like we got uh, a little bit of pushback too, Alex. You care to share? There was one. There was one user that said had to flush this podcast. <laughs> Not sure if that means he flushed it because he didn't like the album and wanted to just bypass it or He's just not a fan, but that's okay. We appreciate it, and it's all in good fun. So better than maybe, a terminator. It's better than better a T. Than the big T. We'll, we'll take be, we'll take better than the big T. So appreciate yeah. you listening. But yeah, keep the feedback coming. Any any bands you want us to. Uh, review after Pink Floyd. I think we've discussed a few, but we're not sure yet. So any album, any bands that have more than 10 studio albums that are like a, like a, like a big Titan band, like a Megadeth or a Motorhead or a Genesis or a, yep. not, we're not doing Kiss, but some somebody that <laughs> big that you would want to see us review first album to last album, let us know. You can email us on our website or just respond to Reddit or Instagram or whatever we got. It, that'd be awesome. Sure. Any multi-generational artists, uh, you know, fair game. They had to have lit the sky at one point. Their music transcended generations. Love to hear from you. Love that comments uh, and uh, really appreciate the feedback and really making yeah. this more than just uh, four guys hanging out and talking music because it's a lot of fun and a lot of fun to hear from you guys So uh, and girls. So, yeah, let's get started. Obscured by Clouds. Uh, my opinion uh, to start today, uh, I like it better than more. Um, I, I still feel like the final package comes across as a low effort check cashing side venture. Like, sorry, it's it's like the, the, the some of the songs are there, but like you can really tell again that this was recorded in what like two weeks or something. Like it really, and I don't think they even um, like sat down for cue notes with the director. It was more like we just watched the film and, and noodle around, and that's how we 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 hit our cues and scratch together ideas. So. You know, is is it is it functional as a film score? I'm sure it is. I haven't seen the film, but you know, it, it definitely is. It, look, at least the titles make sense. This track, we don't have any more <laughs> dramatic themes without being dramatic or Spanish. You know, I, I, piece with you know molesters in my ear, or my, my left ear, or whatever. So, um, you know, bass noodling and all that. You know, at least it's it's, it's a more coherent album, I suppose, but still. I think this is something that has a hard time standing on its own, and it, you know, the question I'd like to ask, uh, and and to keep it in mind for the rest of this discussion is, how do you convince casual Floyd fans to give this one a chance? Hmm. So, with that, I will go, oh, what did I go with more? Was it a five? Let me pull up more. You gave that one a four. I gave it a four. I'll give this one a five, then. It's, you know, it's halfway there. I suppose that's fitting. 
Right. Uh, my Alex, next. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same camp. Uh, I said out of the two Pink Floyd soundtrack albums, this one is superior front to back. Uh, I do know on more, I was very taken back by the song, the Nile song. Just hearing Mm -hmm. that for the first time, I'm like, wow, this is one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs I've heard up until this point. And I can't say there was really an album, sorry, a song on this album that really hit me like that. But in the grand scheme of things, track one to ten, I think it just flowed better. And there was, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more glued together. So overall, I, I was thinking about a five out of 10, but I think I'll give it a 5.5. I mean, I don't think there's anything really, except maybe one song that I just didn't really do much for me. There's stuff I like and and each song quite a bit, but I'd say out of like five songs, I really, I could say I enjoyed. So five out of 10. Sure. 5.5. Positive outlook trending upward. Chris, do you follow? Uh, I'm actually gonna kind of surprise my fellow buddies here. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this record more than I thought, especially for being probably the most kind of underappreciated record of this period of the early 70s, Floyd. Uh, I thought, again, I'll agree with you guys. Yeah, I thought it was the most cohesive soundtrack record that they've done. Uh, I think it's very linear. Uh, when the album starts, I mean, you can kind of picture like, uh, and we'll get more into it when we go over each song, but uh, I kind of could picture like, okay, that first song really opens up whatever's going on. You can feel almost like you're panning on something, something is your, or, or you're descending upon something, whether it's the scene or where the story is taking play or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought that was, and maybe that's after what, seven records. Yeah. Maybe they finally, and what's, this is the third stu- <laughs> soundtrack or maybe they've gotten that imagery a little bit better, uh, cause it doesn't feel all over the place. Um, and overall, I liked a lot of the, especially a lot of the Gilmore songs on here. I thought they just rocked. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't. I guess they didn't resonate as much as you with you guys. But uh, there were a lot of songs where I found myself even after listening to it, where I was humming the songs, and mm-hmm. where even even the lyrics kind of like they're just the way that they're delivered. I found myself, which I was kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah, the songs are better here. Yeah, um, the songs with it, with exception to maybe one, which we'll get to later. But. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to give this, uh, I mean, again, yeah, probably my one statement is, yeah, this is kind of the truest soundtrack that they've done. It feels like a real soundtrack. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kevin, are you going to close it out with a surprising reversal of your Pink Floyd love on this record? How did you know, actually? I I am in more in Chris's camp on this one. Um, which surprised me. It's rare yeah. for me to be bringing up the back with the yeah. With the it definitely surprised me. I I, I I commented after we stopped recording last week that I was kind of looking forward to this after more because I thought it was going to be more fun. You know, mm-hmm. more of that. Uh, well, I don't know. That, that's why you, <laughs> you love know, it. That, that, I don't know what to call more. But in that vein, you know, I thought it's going to be more of that yeah. and we could goof off and, and joke around at no, some, it. some garbage songs. Um, but I put it on and I found myself enjoying it. <laughs> it's not without its its gripes. It's not without course, its downsides. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I'm going to give this a six and a half. And I'm going to say there's a lot to like here there's mm-hmm. there's some to dislike for sure but i think like it was just out of nowhere with no expected little to no expectations coming into this i, I found myself enjoying it 
Okay. Well, keep in mind that a 6.5 is your highest rated Pink Floyd uh, score yet. So. Oh, I um, know. I know. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I, I did see, um, you know, uh, at least some commentary that a lot of this album is obscured by Dark by Dark Side, and you know that's that's to be fair. I mean, they were putting out albums really at a rate of one or more per year, so I can see how this could be obscured by such a uh, moment, uh, a monumental album. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, one other question I wanted to throw out there, and we can talk about it throughout and follow up with it at the end of our journey today. Does this really feel like our last glimpse of a band that is on the precipice of international superstardom? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, again, because the songs here, I mean, as much as I like them, I mean, they don't they, they don't resonate. Well, maybe a couple, but I mean, for the most part, they don't resonate like the future, like the next four albums. There's one that about, sure does. Yeah, no, but yeah, but I mean, this is, I mean, come from here to what, what's coming next. I mean, I don't think you could have made a more of a quantum leap. And, well, that's what I'm yeah. thinking is like from Amagama to Adam Hart Mother to Metal to Obscure by Klaus, does yeah. it really feel like they're going to blow up next record? No, I mean, they feel like, no. a, like a respected kind of, they, like you can see they have their fan base, kind of like maybe Rush did later on, you know, where it's like, okay, they're not, yeah, they're not like these juggernaut quadruple A, but it's like they've got some really cool stuff that you can appreciate. I mean, they're kind of doing their own mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, as far as going to the next where you end up in one album kind of eclipsing everybody else that came before you. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. no, I, I I don't I don't see this. I just see them kind of at this point even more, maybe a little bit more commercial, kind of like Frank Zappa. I mean they're very much an experimental band. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not they're not necessarily maybe with little glimpses maybe where they're kind of shooting just getting a single on the chart. But for the most part, they think they're trying to carve out their own identity really. Well uh, if you're saying yeah. that like are are you gonna like at this point in their discography? Are you gonna bet that their next album is gonna turn them into a cultural juggernaut for the yeah. next forty plus <laughs> no. years? Like, no. that's a hard bet to make with any yeah. band, honestly. Um, no matter who it is, like, oh, is their next album gonna turn them into legends? You could see um, it with Queens, right? Uh, that just pops to mind. I guess so, but what do you mean? Oh, you mean with, uh, but what, you what, never like, with like Queens like, never achi- yeah. achieve that same kind of. Right. level oh, that Pink pop, Floyd, of course. Culture, but, but sure, still, but you could see them. They were a clear band on the rise, you know. Yeah. Just and then they had that, and then they had the big, because, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, Van Halen, I mean, they... I would say they came out of the gate, you know, they exploded out of the gate, but, you know, they right. still were building to 1984. Yeah, but would you right. say that after di- di- uh, Diver Down that you'd be like, oh, yeah, next album, that's when it's going to explode. Like, Diver no. Down is great. I love were, it. That was a money-making album. Maybe this was, too, I, so... Yeah, no. It's a good question, though. Something mm-hmm. to think about. Alex, any yeah. thoughts before we move on? No, I, I was going to say the same thing about Van Halen. Just cu- And you kind of hinted, well, I guess we've all been kind of talking about this these last couple episodes, where it took Floyd like quite a long time to finally get there, where bands like you know Van Halen, or I don't even know who else you could say. I mean, it didn't Pearl really Jam. happen. Pearl Jam, or... I'll even I'll do a little bit more of a, I guess deep cut but I don't know if you know, guys know the Stone Roses but they had two yeah. studio albums the and their Earth. first album is like a landmark Line. monumental album and then after that they kind of disaster, fell off yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. a disaster and I guess Oasis too like I know it was, we were talking a little bit about Oasis before the show but their first record was monumental so yeah it's weird it's like you're right yeah listening to this I mean outside of maybe one song that we'll get to that is pretty dark side of the moon to me. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know if I would listen to this and be like, okay, I'm here. Here we go. The next, like, okay, the next, yeah, the next, the next mm-hmm. record is gonna do it. That's hard to say. Yeah, yeah right here now, it sounds kind of like they're not to put down to some of the other bands, but like a kind of like Three Dog Night or anything like that. It's a very kind of fun, kind of more popish. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's got it's got the it's got the charting. It's got the 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 sales. I mean, enough for us. For a mid-tier band, yeah, like, I think this went gold. I think that was the, uh, but you don't expect, yeah, such a, I mean, even with, again, I'll, and then we'll move on, but, uh, like, with Metallica, I mean, by the time they got to the Black Album, I mean, again, we had talked about this before, I mean, they had already, they were already an arena act. I mean, they really were and already had, had platinum records. Mm-hmm. Even before they hear, we don't, we may, we don't really have that. I mean, we have gold, we might have one platinum, but it's nowhere, yeah, the quantum leaps that some of these other bands we've talked about uh, sure. But again, because I know, mean, this, this, these were much more experiment. I mean, Pink Floyd, at, uh, Flo- uh, the Floyd at this point was much more experimental than any of those other groups. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. here's one thing too: is is I, yeah. I, you know, I've been trying to take off the Pink Floyd, um, I guess not goggles, earmuffs, whatever you want to call it, and try to also listen to some albums also in around uh, the re- release of the records you've been listening to. And I, I put up uh, David Bowie's um, Ziggy Stardust album today. And like, yeah, that's just light years ahead of the stuff that Pink Floyd was doing prior in terms well, yeah. of experimentation and all that. And, you know, it, 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 in a lot of ways, you, you kind of get stuck listening to these albums. You say, hey, that's, you know, that's not so bad. But then when you listen to what others were doing, it almost feels like, hey, maybe they felt like they needed a kick in the butt. And that's where Dark they really came from. Because, <laughs> you know, like they just were no longer the, um, you know, they were just everyone had done and multiplied what they had done prior. And there was no way they could top that. So. Hence, yeah, this, you know, yeah, this, they're, they're, they're changing direction. Yeah, kicking the butt. Yeah, this was yeah, pretty much being behind a like a nuclear warhead. Yeah, going off. Yeah, yeah. yeah compared <laughs> to, to where they were coming least, from. So. Yeah, but all right, let's get yeah. started. Kevin, take it away. Obscured by clouds. about a opening to a soundtrack that works for me and it's so funny i just put something in the chat and kevin's like i already knew what it was before i even opened it if you could i queued up a little uh, a segment here from another soundtrack from one of my favorite movies and uh i guess film composers and directors that came out uh, a good many years later if you want to play this hear any similarities here maybe Classic. 
Mr. Snake Plissken there. Yeah. Snake Plissken, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and and for yeah. those that don't that don't know, that's uh, the main opening theme from Escape from New York, 1981. That's nice. So what? This would have came out nine years after. Later. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's very similar, especially just with that kick drum coming in like that, and that's what opens up the movie there. And I heard it here, and I'm like, okay, this really kind of sets the the scene and the tempo. And like I said at the beginning, I didn't watch the movie, so I really have no idea what it's about. But just hearing this, there's a few songs on this album that I wrote that even without even watching the movie, you can just hear it and go like, oh, yeah, I I can hear this being in a movie and being in a picturesque scene. Like, this works, and I I like the way this starts off. You know, interesting on your fact there that um, uh, that was actually co-composed by Alan uh, uh, Horwath who is also a film composer who, before he was uh, composing for films, he was opening for The Who and Cream. So uh, definitely deep roots into that scene. Wow. Yeah, wow. There's got to be something there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is where, what I was talking about earlier as far as painting a, a mental picture. Again, none of us saw this, but I can, I don't know how the this movie starts, but I got serious, like, where you have, like, panning over the city skyline, like it's coming into the... There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Then you come down and you've got and you've got people walking like in the main like town down area and it's just like I don't know what's happening. Is something about to go down? I don't know. Escape from New York. That's exactly. What that is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about as far as a like a very synthy dark kind of. Uh, uh, imagine if uh, if Eddie Van Halen had done this with a Sunday Afternoon in the Park, which is a very much sure. in that vein. But this is a lot more. Feels like it's it belongs here, not yeah. just a weird kind of like I don't know why this is. But we're just gonna stick this here. Yeah, sure. Uh, That's one of the things I was so much happier with this album is that I think we discussed it on more is that so many of those songs felt just like, oh, yeah, this is a piece of music, not necessarily a piece of music for a film, but just a piece of music. And we were making fun of the themes that had no theme and (laughs) things like that. Whereas this, you open it up, boom. All of us here feel like I wrote down cinematic. It feels like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like right, right away, at least they're like. The job is being done. You're writing music <laughs> for a movie. Here you go. Okay, it we, feels we like finally, this we, could be there. We, yeah, we finally right. got there. It only took about four or five years of uh, soundtracking. But uh, uh, it's funny. I don't know if you guys agree with the uh, with the, that weird, like, kind of, like, I don't know if it's an electronic drum. It feels like something that 80s Genesis would have done. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, it so sounds dink, Phil or dink, 80s Genesis. Dink. And this was a, a decade yeah. or almost a decade before, yeah, Phil started doing that. Yeah, right. That's going on there too. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was really. Uh, and then you've got Dave's very ominous kind of like pulling the yeah, just that grinding guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's really cool about, and I've said it before, but what's really cool about doing this series is because. Like, like I always say, we're, we're kind of unfamiliar before we get to Dark Side, and you hear this stuff, and you hear about how influential of a band Pink Floyd was, and you know. Uh, yeah, listening to those big albums like, you know, Dark Side to Wish You Were Here or The Wall. It's like, yeah, these are landmark albums, but like you you hear like like we said, you hear stuff in Genesis that came out like 10 years later or something like on John Carpenter's, you know, Escape from New York soundtrack 9 years later. You're like, "Oh, like you think that's kind of groundbreaking for the time, but then you listen to it and it's like, actually, it sounds like it started quite a ways before which is cool to hear that so i i I dig that quite a bit hearing the whole musical development and stuff like 
we don't know the direct line of influence, but when you, when you hear Pink Floyd doing it and hear it, you just it's inspirational in a way to to me. And like just digging back through the history of music is one of the benefits that we get from this for sure. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, uh, that was our opener, obscured by clouds. Uh, we're gonna move on now to when you are in, when you're in. I have to say this is kind of stock like early 70s hard rock but I do like it in this context and again mm-hmm. I was thinking I was thinking about the title when you're in and I was again none of us have seen the movie but it kind of paints a picture like whoever let's just say the main character like he's in this he's gotten into this club or whatever this group of yep. people and I don't know and stuff is going down now I don't know whether it's a criminal element or whatever I don't know but I, I thought that was kind of almost like a mob movie. You can think like there's, they're just, they're wow. just kind of, yeah, they're doing their like D-Land, they're doing their, yeah, they're kind of back alley stuff. And you can just yeah, feel this would be a perfect soundtrack for that. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, by itself, I think without that imagery, I think it just kind of, again, is kind of more kind of uh, a little generic. But uh, I did like it for what it was. It did kind of give me like uh, kind of Grand Funk and kind of Joe Cocker vibes. Yeah, just kind of very, 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 very bar kind of, yeah. Yes. But, but, but with a cinematic twist. That's yeah. really cool. You mentioned that. Yeah. And like I've stated before, this band can do so much. They can emulate so many different styles and, and, and do it their way. And that's it's weird. You you mentioned like, oh, this almost sounds like this could be kind of in like a crime movie. And, and you know, we didn't discuss this album before we started talking right now. So, you know, we're not in the you know, we weren't planning on talking about this. But I, I wrote down I mean, I said it was pretty inoffensive. Like there, there's yeah. nothing really there that it's like, ah. I mean, it's kind of short. I like that it, it was short, but I wrote, without even seeing the movie, I can see this working, making sense in a movie. And what I really heard right there, uh, very much Dirty Harry, Lalo Schifrin. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to name drop a lot of stuff here tonight. I apologize. But, that you know, Dirty Harry, uh, again, another one of my favorites, 1971. Yes. And you listen to that, and it's very kind of funk and a little almost Motown-ish at times, even though, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little bit more guitar-driven. But, you know, I just picture, like, a brown tweed suit and, like, an afro <laughs> and, like, San yeah. Francisco crime, like, yeah. and coming into the club and smoke and, like, red velvet chairs and stuff like that. Like, what's I hear that, that a lot here, which is cool. What's that fake movie uh, from Boogie Nights? Um, oh, man, great what, What's movie. that series? Uh, for, like, like... I don't know, like those those '70s action movies that they made. Oh, uh, the uh, or like uh, Starsky and Hutch or something. Wasn't it like, like that? Brock almost. something. Brock. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, definitely that feeling. I mean, uh, I I almost thought I don't know if you guys mentioned it or not, but um, Aziba Bar. 
Yeah, like this this sounds this sounds like this should have been that title. Like you're walking into a bar. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Mark, I didn't know. Yeah, I know you had walked out for a minute, but uh, yeah, I kind of said it kind of reminded me of uh, like a uh, like whoever the main character kind of getting indoctrinated into a group of hard nosed guys or whatever, like whether it's criminal or not. And then the music just is perfect for like you, you close your eyes and you can almost picture like, okay, this the music is playing when they're doing their like their underground dealings or whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. like, all right, you're well, in the group. Yeah, that's why I said you, connecting it to the title when you're in like, okay, you're in this group and now we're going to now we're going to show you. Yeah. The one thing about to, this song is it, it feels like and there's another moment or uh, a moment or two on this album where I got that impression um, that knowing how they compose music for film is that usually when you uh, when you compose music for film, you sit down with the director, you know, maybe many months before a locked picture is sent to you when you go over ideas and you put together motifs and, and and, and all that, and you kind of just play with it. But then inev- inevitably, you have to sit down and go over and create a cue sheet that just you know just just marks certain times. And that's why film composition is usually the last stage of the process because you have to actually write music that hits cues in the mm-hmm. film. Uh, that and you can't really edit uh, you know your music after. Uh, you know, let's say you want to make a change to the edit. And so it's <laughs> yeah, very frustrating. Together. Like I talk about locked cut. I mean, I do this, like I used to write music for films and now I, I produce films and video and, and content and getting to a locked edit is always the goal. And with Pink Floyd, their process was to sit, I don't even know if it was with the director, but they would watch the film in the studio and just kind of play along. And that would be how they put together. And I feel like this is the kind of song where you really feel that where they're just, mm. they see a scene and so they just jam they're and right so they yeah. kind of dial in what they like. So it's not really complicated. It's not really no, it's not. innovative. It's just very simple and basic, but it's, it's, it's hard to criticize because it is soundtrack music. It so works. you can't say like, what is this yeah, you know, that's, garbage on the two spot? You know, like it's, you can't compare it to, you know, like, um, you know, uh, 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 fade to black or something or, you know, like, or, or whatever right. uh, two spots are, you know, like that's that you just can't hard, really. Yeah. That's the hard part with with this song in particular. Like Chris is painting this picture, and and he's actually making me like the song so much more because of it. Right, it yeah. is. And same. It's it's hard to keep in mind the soundtrack sometimes when you're just listening. And because something that I wrote down one one of my like little quips for this this the song and one of the parts that I didn't like about it is that once you hear the first ten seconds, you've pretty much heard the song. Yeah, you know, it's right. pretty much yeah. the same riff over and over again. That's fine if it's like working in a movie. When you're listening to a song by itself, I'm like, oh, where's the development? But it's it's hard to keep that in context and separate the two and and you know use that imagery or not. And that's what makes these uh, these soundtracks albums kind of interesting, right? And they put them out there as you know, accept this as you know, buy this as a part of our. our- you know, as our canon uh, Pink Floyd. So I don't know if they consider, I know they don't really consider more, but I mean, they put it out as an album. And, you know, uh, again, back to my question of, is this, how do you know, how do you convince casual fans to give this one a chance? All right. Well, it's time to go on now to our third track. That would be Burning Bridges. Magic vision staring
is a if a person could embody our motif of the stocks on the rise, it would be one Mr. Richard Wright. Yeah, I think that this I mean, this is a I love this song. I love his organ. I, I, I love uh, the, the way everything works together with just the way I mean, with the, the, the three, four meter. And it just feels like such a nice lullaby. So serene. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see. I don't know. I tried looking, couldn't find it. Didn't really look any deeper. Was Alan Parsons involved with this project as, at all? Mm, because I don't like the I don't think he came in until uh, Dark Side, I think. I think that was his first. Uh, because uh, he, he was feels he, dialed in here. He was on an album prior to this. I mentioned it. I forgot what which one it was. I'll have to go back. But I think I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I I was going to make a note sometime during this discussion that this is probably Adam the Hart- best. Oh, Adam Hart, brother. Yeah. He well, he kind of like helped engineer it. I don't know if he really had any writing credit, but he helped engineer it. So. Mm, okay. Okay. So I was just going to say that this, in my opinion, is probably the best sounding album they've had to date. Sonically, it's a yeah. step up over the other two. All right. Yeah. There's something about this song that just makes you feel like, all right, they've dialed in the sound. You know, like, and I know that it, Parsons yeah. gets a lot of credit for it. So, um, you know, can't go without some uh, great one take drumming from our friend Nick again. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. At 141 <laughs> here, but maybe you know, I'll just pass on this one. We've been beating, or I've been beating on him a little hard. Let's uh, give him a pass. But man, Richard Wright and uh, his his songwriting and his I mean, I feel like, you know, early on we talked about whether or not Pink Floyd could be a, a you know, a band of film composers or they could consider that as a legitimate career. And I feel like um, definitely Richard Wright could have done that. I think he could have had he has the compositional uh, expertise across many genre or across many styles to be able to pull that off. I think he would definitely have made a great film composer, not complaining what he did afterward, but definitely he had that, uh, a, that mm-hmm. option of a path to go down. Yeah. The harmonies here are great. Yeah. Between him and oh, yeah. uh, um, I think that's him and Dave, right? Yeah. Uh, that wasn't, uh, uh, like no, that wasn't, I, that, was it Roger yeah, or? It's, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, Gilmore and Wright. Okay. Uh, yeah. This is really where you feel, and again, the more I listen to this record, yeah, the more I'm like, yeah, this is, I think this is massively underrated because there's so much, uh, even like, yeah, the seeds are starting to come out now as far as the dark side and everything else. Like here, mm-hmm. you got the songs, you've got the harmonies have kind of locked in. And uh, yeah, Kevin, yeah, that, did you start the clip around like 120, 125? Because yeah, that could, I think that's where that guitar solo man, I started it, at 105 and it went into the guitar solo. I did, okay. Because yeah, man, it, can, can I, that was such a... 219 because chris was talking about those vocals harmonies there. That's, that's i had 217 sure. on here okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just wanted to make sure because they're so good yeah You gotta love it, the panning to the it's right, side. Yeah, but it's right there though. Like it's it. it's like it's like uh, Rich, Rich or just yeah. The, those two guys have found their kind of that harmony that they've been. I mean, it's been there on previous records. I mean, but here it just feels like it's like the Floyd like harmonies. Yeah, yeah it's not and just, just them. something cool knowing that later on he told Roger Waters to f off when it came to uh, <laughs> the final cut. And not saying I don't like Roger. I do like his solo stuff too. But there's just something about like he's. In a way, like not too good for the band, but he's just not going to, 
you know, he's going to pick, he's, he's talented enough to choose his own path. So, right. you know, big um, stocks on the rise for Mr. Richard Wright. Right. But yeah, I, I also wanted to Kevin point out, yeah. stocks on the yeah. rise. Yeah, it deserves that. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I've got a, uh, uh, an Alex's warm blanket. Yeah. That guitar solo, Kevin, that you played at the beginning. I just, I was listening to that on my way home and it just, uh, I don't know what it is again. It just, it almost had like a, just a nighttime jazzy feel to it. Uh, I don't and know. now yeah. Alex's warm blanket. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Drops drops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you uh, something that's starting to bug me with this album, and one of the reasons why it is not higher rating. We are three, I believe we are three of three songs uh, that are fading out now and it didn't it didn't bug me until i started to notice it and then i'm just like give me give me a proper ending because everything is this slow fade out and yeah, just want, oh, you just want to just a blind adventure yeah <laughs> so, uh, we don't know just fade it out <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. what do we do here i don't know just get the end yeah, no no, bl- no blunt faders. yeah no blunt endings for uh yeah, for no mr kev over there in the life we're out of yeah. the 60s right <laughs> <laughs> all right all right, well, uh, let's keep moving on. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a favorite of Mark's because we're going to start to get into some uh, goofiness with the titles here. Um, but the gold, uh, it's little, little in... little punctuation. Dot, dot, dot. Just throwing it out liberally. Come on, my friends, let's make for the hills. Let's save this gold that I'm looking for. A song that just got stuck in my head i don't know i just i don't know it's just got that just that the chord progression it's by the numbers oh it is but i don't it reminds me of like that stuff like the like i remember when my dad first like introduced like that era to me when i was little it's like this that's what i loved about it was just stuff like this it's just it's it's muddy it's kind of rocking it's got that classic kind of it's not sophisticated but it just yeah i i don't know it's got like yeah that kind of old school rock feel to mm-hmm. it uh, and the lyrics, yeah, the way he delivers, yeah, just I found myself even kind of singing along to it, yeah, a couple of times, yeah. Again, on a very underground album, it, I was this was the one thing that kind of shocked me. Again, it's not sophisticated, but it just it's catchy as hell. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Chris. I mentioned yeah. earlier that there wasn't really one song on the album that hit me like the Nile song did. Yeah on more but i would say if i had to pick one it was this one, this one yeah absolutely i yeah. mean it, it's yeah i don't know what scene this would have been in I, I i would i part of me wants to watch the movie just for that because i really do like this song and yeah it's very just typical classic rock uh it's it's very kiss to me i know we're not really talking kiss but i hear like yeah, i feel like i can hear that word on here and we're not supposed <laughs> to say it but i feel like i'm gonna have to do a beep for that yeah, yeah i feel like out. i feel like i could hear kiss do this or just it's, kind of like late 70s you know late 70s glam like mat the hoople and here, here i put i'm gonna yeah, put something in the maybe little slate i'm gonna put something in the chat here 
here, here's I'm going name dropping again, but uh, just because I was listening to Ozzy today because of Randy Rhodes's birthday. But there's a song on Blizzard of Oz called "Steal Away the Night." Listen mm-hmm. to the chorus. I feel like the, you know this song came out eight years later and it's just like a sped up version. Yeah, a little bit. But the energy's not there. The energy's definitely not there, but it's just but, like, you yeah, feel like, oh, Ozzy probably could have been listening to early, you know, Floyd yeah. maybe, and just was trying to write like yeah. a tune like that. But like, overall, I just, I said, I love the tones a lot. I almost got early ACDC tones yeah, at, 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 at some point. Such a meaty tone. It, 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 meaty it tone. Like I said, I love the jam and the solo, and I'm like, I'll take more of this with Pink Floyd. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I was... on the solo, Kevin, I got something for you. Can you pull up 222? Yeah, give me a second here. This, is, uh, this I, one's for you. Wait, is is this is oh, this one's for me? Yeah, is this about Mr. Mason again? No, no. Okay, I'm giving him I, a break. I, I'm not giving him a break. I'm just gonna say before we play this, I, I can't the, the same drum fill like 20 times in this song. I, I, yeah. <laughs> come on. And there's out of tune vocals too. It's it's definitely okay. one take stuff. Anyway, going 222. On here. Yeah, 222. A little bit of Weedle Weedle going on there, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Pink Floyd with David Gilmore and his Weedle Weedle. I don't know. It's his Weedle Weedle. I'm just, I just, yeah. uh, uh, go back to our Metallica he, podcast. We go is, through Weedle Weedle. Oh, yes. <laughs> many, yes. many times. If he starts breaking out the yeah. Wah next uh, album, I'm going to have a bone to pick with him. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, you got you to gotta give him a little bit of a break. I mean, this is yeah, pretty, their, their first real foray into rock kind of and i don't know again it kind of it, it, it kind of gets its point across again it's not it's very meat and potatoes uh mm-hmm. even by floyd standards um i also kind of was thinking edgar winner that was another kind of thing that kind of came yeah. up i was thinking sure yeah just the way, way that yeah that dave kind of delivers the vocals kind of reminded me a little bit of that but yeah i don't know like i said it's like it's like eating like your favorite bag of chips yeah it's like it's not it's not anything sophisticated it's not but it, you just feel good after it, yeah, for the moment, for and the I, moment. <laughs> I think the thing that I tried to remember when listening to this too is like, yeah, you know, I I obviously dug the song and the tones and everything and the vibe that Floyd was going for here. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's classic rock, and we've all heard it like the same kind of sound a billion times. And I just have to remember that this is the early '70s. This was all. This, yeah. this is not. You know, this Very has not been 70s. played. This has not been right. played to death over classic rock radio for the last forty years. And so the fact like, that yeah. F- Floyd really never does this. So when yeah. they do do it, it's like, that's so cool. It's not like you're getting a full album's worth of this. Like, right. they never did the Nile song again, and that's why that was so cool, and that's why this one's cool. Again, yeah, right. but the reason for pointing that out is more just for eccentricity's sake. It isn't something that, like, this is a really good hard rock song. Check it out. It's more for the for the, right, you know, the deep yeah. fan to say, well, check out what Pink Floyd could have done. I think it's it's not necessarily, it doesn't make it a great song. Because, you know, you know, if you're going to listen to that, then just listen to, to you know, Blizzard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. better, there's much better versions of this idea out there. I mean, there's a reason this wasn't a radio single, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I think there was only one single off this album, and it definitely wasn't this one. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's cool that they could do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. It does show a different side, a different facet to the the band's personality that we appreciate yeah. digging into this. But uh, we're going to go on to another beautiful title. Um, that would be What uh, is the uh, 
deal or something the, like that. Well, well, I wonder what's, who wrote this one. What's the deal? <laughs> From the cold, turn my land into gold. It's a chill wind blowing in my soul, and I think I'm growing transition there i wanted you to play through it because it is just pure gold i think that just just that 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 slide guitar coming out of that piano solo i love that part and and really i don't think i've found a a track that we've done yet that has had a greater separation between how great the music is and how annoying i find the title because this is the type (laughs) of track that i don't think i would ever be hey let's go listen to what's of a deal uh no but the music is just uh i mean it is such a piece of soundtrack music not film score soundtrack music where it's just you know we talked about boogie nights earlier um one of my favorite movies but i mean this is just like it's like a dirk diggler coming home piece you know it's it's (laughs) It's, it's, it is. You know, you know what I mean, though. It's it like it's, it's, is, the character yeah. has reached their; they've passed their peak. They're right. returning back yes. home, like it's just nice. that bus ride yeah. home, or yeah. you know, what it's got, it's, fame it's, wasn't all it was cracked up to be, or kind of nostalgic for the beginning of the movie. And that just, I don't. Again, I should see the movie. I tried, I couldn't find it, but that is just gold right there for that type of scene. Yeah, it's definitely a returning travel song. Uh, again, it was another one I had to listen to it a few times before I really appreciate it because it is kind of again more of a conventional like early 70s acoustic ballad but mm-hmm. again it, it feels like again you've got your, your the tops down in your convertible rock songs and this is your top down ballad yeah mm-hmm. you kind of feel you're coming like you said you're coming home you're just kind of uh, sure. you driving through been, the desert at night or something exactly know. and uh, you were right about that slide guitar uh really kind of reminded me of even a little stones kind of influence yeah kind of some of yeah. that slide guitar that brian jones did uh in the uh and it was nice to see it kind of here in a very tasteful way again. Um, yeah, Chris, I got I, I got to agree. I mean, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say here. I just said, very nice, great tune. Uh, sounds like other stuff I had heard before, but again, they can they can do it all, it seems. And I couldn't really put my finger on what else it sounded like. And I guess in that last listen, and I mentioned this band earlier in the podcast with another similar song but uh just you know because i grew up with the doobie brothers a song off captain and me called south city midnight lady it's got some very similar melodies and and Mm. kind of chord changes there that i heard in this song but yeah overall uh you know out of the uh i don't know i guess one of the slower kind of folkier soft rock ballads on the record i I happen to enjoy this one a lot pretty early on and like my first listen it kind of got me so yeah other than the title uh, I guess it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Ah. I was gonna say yeah, with the title, um, and it's funny because yeah, the way that Dave says it in the song is actually very 
like what you would say, like what's the deal, not what. But anyway, as far as how it's pronounced here, I guess uh, it was another weird little thing uh, from one of their roadies as far as how he would say that. And for whatever okay. reason, they yeah, the way that he said, so I guess, was very cockney or whatever, like British kind of. Uh, and I don't know, I guess for whatever reason, they made that the title of the I song, whether Pink or not that Floyd, was appropriate. I think Pink Floyd needs to stop trying the inside jokes because they're not working. The crowd is yeah. not laughing with them. What was the dog song again on the last album that oh, didn't Seamus. go over well? Seamus. That's a light way of putting it. Yeah, Mark, I didn't know if you, if you heard, uh, or if you, uh, as far as where the title came from, that it was another like weird little thing from one of the roadies as far as something he would say anybody would say it like that though like what's the like almost, like almost again like a weird kind of so, uh, so why are we involving the roadies in our songwriting process because it's the second time we're with alan's psychedelic breakfast that yeah in new york yeah i don't know it's but it's I, funny, I never like, heard uh, that before like i never heard about a band turning like where their roadies are their muse <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Typical situation. God. It's weird, yeah, Mark. Yeah, because I was emphasizing yeah before you came back. Yeah, that the way that Dave says it in the song is very conventional. I mean, he just says, "What's the deal?" He doesn't, mm-hmm. which is like he okay, have another like, Rogers. Yeah, but not. <laughs> I can't. You, you can't. I can't imagine that any of these guys singing how it's actually. What is the the deal? Dot dot yeah. dot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just you really will... seen. Yeah, go ahead. Just but Roger and Dave, like it's coming together. I will say um, to. Ch- get us back to a more musical <laughs> sense um i do uh enjoy uh, rick wright here a little bit with the piano solo i thought it was a very mm. tasteful solo i love the chromatic mm. steps that are going on mm-hmm. in that section uh I, that's kind of where the song sealed the deal uh no pun intended for me because at first i was like yeah okay and then the ballad picked up it, it got some life and then into that slide solo of course that that changed uh, changed my mind on this song, and it's one of the longer ones we've had so far. So it obviously had to bring something to the table. Yeah, and on that the note of the piano solo, I mean, I can hear the piano solo in my head right now, and that's not yep. necessarily a, a a common thing on rock music. To to I guess I don't know like um, Bohemian Rhapsody, sure, but that song is bigger than life. But I mean, there's definitely a a, a cool you know a, a memorability to the solo section here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, let's start on, I think, I don't know if this is the back half by uh, LP standards, but this is song number six, and that would be Mudman.
quickly. Uh, all I wrote was, yeah, wandering instrumental with some stock Gilmore, Gilmore soloing. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and how, how he envisioned the solo. But yeah, but, and, and, again, and again, what is it with Rick Wright's keyboard? I mean, I feel like it's going to like slap in its hand against your face. I mean, it really is really in your face. I don't know why. I even even, the guitar tone here is pretty. It, it is too, but yeah, but for whatever reason, Easily. when I when I when I zeroed it in, stink. Did you say it stinks, Mark? It stinks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you say it's, it sucks. Yeah. No, it, what what I was gonna say, and I'm sorry, I'm, I guess I'm jumping a little ahead of Kevin here in order. But what I was gonna say, I don't. I I guess overall, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the song. But to me, the guitar tone was what stood out because I'd have to go back and listen. I, I could be totally wrong, and there might be earlier instances of this. But when I heard this, uh, you know, on first listen this week. It was the first time I really like kind of stopped and thought, this is the first time I'm really hearing that trebly David Gilmore signature strat tone that you hear like in Comfortably Numb, where he's not doing like a pinch harmonic, but he's almost like pinching the string so much where it's got that like buzzsawy, really high end trebly piercing sound that he's so synonymous with. And I feel like I never really heard it much before this. Just so. Like a pedal. I don't know. Yeah. It just sounds like a it could, it, boss pedal. It, it could be abrasive. a very, it could, it's abrasive, but like I heard it here and I'm like, it just immediately got me thinking of comfortably numb. And I'm like, that's that tone. And I don't remember really yeah, hearing it before this, but I don't know. I don't know. It's much could more be refined. Wrong. It's much more uh, refined on that. Um, well, that, that was how many years later though. But uh, here, right. yeah, it just feels like it's too, it's almost feels like, oh, excuse me, uh, that it's strangling you. You drinking a soda? No, I know. I need, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course, halfway through the show, I've got... up Mud Men. No, yeah, I'm burping up Mud Men. Yeah, no, it's, it's... Yeah, Mud Men gave me the hiccups, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say hiccups about it. hiccups, too. I think that's a new category. <laughs> I guess sit this one out with some hiccups. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, actually, not on the guitar sound or uh, Rick Wright sound or anything. I was actually going to comment that I like the drum sound on this song it's another one that's right up close it sounds like i am sitting next to the drums it's got this warm sound i don't know if that's enough to save the song for me because i kind of feel like like uh, it loses some steam (laughs) sure at a four minute instrumental but i just gotta say that i like the drum sound thank you yeah the drum sound maybe (laughs) the drum playing (laughs) Those drums, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, funny, a, it's funny. It seems like they always have a difficult time trying to find a balance. Like, okay, okay, like the drum sound is really cool here, but the rest of it, but you never really see it. Where oh, we love Rick and what Dave's doing, and but again, at that in that circumstance, we're all always crapping on Nick. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like Nick, 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 Nick. Uh, Metronome, dude. <laughs> like just, like one of those big swingy seventies metronomes that goes pick. <laughs> Like they had those then, right? Come on, the Beethoven era before. Yeah, like the Beethoven had a metronome. Come on, (laughs) it was just two hundred years later. There's there's no excuses, Nick. I'm sorry, but is it bad that the only time we've uh, praised the drumming on this entire discography is when the producer? (laughs) 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 They dialed in the sound for a subpar drummer. 
No, it was, it was it was like that first album or whatever when yeah, Alex and Chris were all like Keith Moon sounds, and then we find out that he didn't even play on that song. Yeah, yeah. we got a little uh, a Milli Vanilli going on. <laughs> I don't right. know. Did Alan Parsons from this one too? I don't know. Yeah, ho- yeah hopefully. But, uh, hopefully. Yeah, I guess we should lay off him because you know what, the guy's got more Ferraris than I do. So <laughs> yeah, you know something about music I don't. But keeping time doesn't seem to be one of them. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for if he has a social media. I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the comment to pop up. Yeah, that's gonna be a. Oh, he definitely yeah. does. I think he's got a personal one and one for his sauce roll secret span. So I think we slip in there and leave him a nice note. <laughs> that drop is slide into his DMs. Just, just, send a, just, 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 just no context. Score. Just slip a picture of a metronome and then that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, nothing else. Yeah. Sorry about your wife will be the, 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 the <laughs> hashtag. Sorry about your wife. Yeah, yeah. Guys, oh. guys, we gotta lay off them. All right, Let's take it okay. easy. Yes. Uh, let's get to our next song. And I actually made a note that this does open up side two. This is childhood's end. So with this song, as we were mentioning earlier on in the podcast, you were trying to figure out, you know, could you listen to this album and see them blowing up on their next record? And I heard this song and I'm like, okay, there was inklings of Dark Side of the Moon earlier on in the discography. They crepped in maybe as early as Saucerful. Uh, this could straight up just be a Dark Side, Dark Side of the Moon B-side to me. Yeah. I mean, this is like literally on that album. Like if you would have said that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. So I'm kind of surprised the song wasn't a single, to be honest. I mean, it's just maybe outside of the production, just everything about the guitar tones and the vocal harmonies and the groove. It's like, I mean, that's probably a pretty obvious thing to say, but like, this is it. Dark Side is here. Well, here's a thought. I'll jump in before you, Chris, just that um, there is... Um, well, you tone down the hiccups. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to keep yeah. it down. <laughs> I like, try to talk during hiccups. <laughs> it's a good time. Kick the on noise gate on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, maybe it's to your point, Alex. It's that they didn't necessarily know what they had yet. I don't know if right. it was. The, right. the, I don't know how Dark Side sold. I don't know if it was kind of a appetite for destruction thing, where it just started building and building and building, and before you knew it, it was global. Um, you know, I, I have to say one thing about this song, and and you could play this song to any 
top 40 listener, just some guy who just has some vague, you know, just like, I don't know, just like your mother-in-law or something, like who just kind of knows Pink Floyd and knows that they exist and kind of knows their, what they sound like. And you could say, well, who's this? And they'd be like, yeah, Pink Floyd, that's Pink Floyd. You know, it's it's that, so yeah. instantly recognizable. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The first thing that jumped out at me, I don't know, this just sounds like the perfect song for like, like if you're out boating on the Everglades, it just got that kind of swamp vibe to it. Um, and, um, yeah, that guitar playing, man, that's just the band, uh, yeah, uh, like up on Cripple Creek that just mm-hmm. screams. They had just that kind of very, uh, just long kind of like clanking kind of like Donka Dar, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I love Dave's vocal delivery. It just, it's got a very kind of head bobbing, uh, uh, excuse me i know this is gonna hopefully i can break this soon yeah, i don't know where these came from it's clipping the mic <laughs> sounds like he has Tourette's. <laughs> yeah sorry kevin i have to deal with that later during the edit um oh no we're just doing hashtag hiccups for the uh yeah yeah i hope you've made edit markers for all these kevin you got your work cut out God. no it's weird i don't know um at the beginning and again i mean this because this came out probably 15 years before that. The uh, the intro with the synth kind of reminded me of like a damaged ink. I doubt the guys in Metallica were listening to this, but uh, it has this weird kind of fade in that all of a sudden then it goes into the main kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of vibe of the song. But uh, yeah, a lot of very interesting things going on here. And again, the organ uh, the organ sound reminds me again of like kind of Joe Cocker. Yeah, like that real kind of bar band kind of bluesy. I said uh, jukebox. That's what I saw with this. Oh, song. that's good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, and of course, we you know the whole time thing. You know, if you talk about time on dark side, the oh the clock, yeah, the clock at one oh seven. Yeah, I was that was thank you. That was another point. I had a time marked here. Yeah. Um, well, the thing about childhood's end is that it was a very popular uh, lyrical topic with psychedelic rock, just the innocence of childhood and just yeah. the exploration of that. And this is if this is a fitting end. I mean, I could say in many ways. Yeah, I don't know if nineteen in the sixties culturally ended in seventy two or seventy four. I guess it depends on where you were yeah. at the time. But uh, hey, end of uh, end of that era for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I I thought this was kind of interesting. Yeah, the, as far as you're talking about some of the like the the content of the song. Um, you're talking about as far as the ending of one era and going into like the rea- uh, the reality of the world. Uh, yeah, you set your uh, sail across the sea of long past thoughts and memories. Childhoods and your fantasies merge with harsh realities. I, th- I thought that was a real kind of nice way of kind of uh, lyricizing or whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, kind of that jump from one uh, being the boys to the men. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. You know, I like the idea too, Alex, of um, what we should do is you should have snuck this song on Dark Side and see who noticed. Like, Kevin, you should have well, been like, that's, now, childhood's end. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would have never noticed. And I mean, I'll have to listen to Dark Side again because it's been a long time. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if this song might be better than a song or two off Dark Side. I mean, there's always those albums where like there was a B side left off and people are like, why the hell wasn't that left put on the album? That's like better than some of the album tracks. And I want I mean, some this action. Is, uh, yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Listen to our so, Van Halen 5150 episode for that. That's a Yes, good please. One, All right. Well, let's go to our final three songs here. And we're going to get to, uh, I'm sorry, but this title bugs me as well. Free Four.
I'm going to sum this song up in seven words. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow Rising covers <clears throat> Corporal Clegg. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, nice. Yeah, this is a weird... Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I hate, to, I hate that farting synth sound that, could, that follows the, uh, the, the verses. <laughs> It does. It doesn't sound like a big kind of like what you've seen like in a lot of the electronic music we listen to. Where it really kind of just feels like a like yeah, where yeah. But but in, all sorts it, of sounds from Chris tonight. Back to the elephant. Yeah, yeah, f- yeah. Farting in key. Yeah, there we go. I guess I'll give it that. I forgot about that elephant. You know what's yeah. weird though? Tell me if if you thought the same thing. As far as the um, in the verses, as far as the the musical arrangement, it's this sounds like a Ringo Starr song, doesn't it? Couldn't you see Ringo singing this? Oh yeah, I never thought that before, but absolutely. Yeah, I was like, it just it it almost kind of bugged wow. me, but uh, uh, and it's weird with such a weird kind of uppity kind of song, and then you've got this again, almost like a um, a Richie Blackmore guitar solo. I love I love the guitar playing is so thick on here, but it just doesn't fit. Um, it's such a weird mesh of sixties and seventies. Right, exactly. Yes, I mean, there's a lot, and I kind of like I I like it for its individual ideas, but I don't like it as a uh, as a full. So yeah, I don't know in the love it or flush it. I'm not sure how I'm gonna yeah how I'm gonna rate this one because yeah I'm kind of torn. Kevin, uh, Alex, you got any convincing to do for Chris? Uh, no, I mean, what did I say for this song? I knew going into this album that this was the single, so I I tried to maybe bend a little bit more ear, and if anything, maybe I wanted it to prove itself a little to me uh, because I heard this one and I'm like, why was this one the single over? For example, Childhood's End, where definitely sounds like where they're about to go, yeah. and it took it took it took me a few listens to kind of get it. I, the thing that really kind of hit me, I guess, on first listen was the guitar solo. I, I said I, I really enjoyed the guitar solo, actually. Yeah, so it's and I the... also said yeah, and then I and, and you kind of hit it there, Mark, where you were comparing uh, it to maybe earlier Floyd, because I said the same thing. I said it was actually a cool mix of the softer, goofy, ditty like. Uh, tunes like the early Sid stuff with sprinkles of like minor synth prog soundtrack vibes, which I kind of like. And it's funny, Chris, you mentioned you don't like the farting synth sound because there was something about that I kind of liked. Like, it's all right, because it, well, I don't really it, remember. Well, no, way. no. What it is, what it is, is it's 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 this nice, really kind of happy, majory, poppy, bouncy song, and then all of a sudden this ugly chord just comes in and kind of ruins it. And I went, there's something I like it. <laughs> it's got too much I juice like behind it. There's too much juice. I, mean, I feel like I'm, I'm getting spit yeah. on. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say it's like I wouldn't say it's like it's like a diminisher, like a, like an ugly chord that doesn't fit in the key because it abs- absolutely fits in the key of the song. Yeah, but it but it's just like this bomb just gets dropped right in this guy's like yeah, nice bomb. happy <laughs> happy 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 stroll home, and it just bomb comes in. I just kind of like there's something about it. So, I mean, it took me some listens but, to kind of appreciate the song, and I just I I think. You know, tying two eras of the band together, it kind of they made it work somehow. I wish they would have so. chosen a different patch, though, as far as the synth. Because <laughs> I heard that, I'm like, and then I wait, wait a minute. Then I came again, and like the second, uh, uh, like the second time around, I'm like, oh no, that just yeah, that just. I makes mean, did me... they even have a producer for this album? I don't know. That's the like, ca- chat cashing part. Yeah, I, I feel like I need. Part of yeah, this. I feel like I feel like I need a paper towel after listening to that self, part. Yeah, self self <laughs> self produced. Self produced. Yeah. You think that uh, in, in accordance with your most likely upcoming flush, that you'll also need quite a bit of TP as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to soak up all the uh, yeah this 
battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't have much to contribute to this one at this point. Um, I, I just don't. I'm not convinced on this one. It, it doesn't give me the warm Sancho-Pay vibes, and it's not doesn't quite hit that Corporal Clegg thing. It's it's just this like weird, happy, sad song that yeah, it is. I, I I I don't know. Like you're pulling me both directions. Yeah. I'm crying on one side and happy on the other, and then you know we got the Rogers dad again to like tie in. So we right. got that. <laughs> Kind of yeah. Corporal Clegg reference, but then we have this bouncy, happy '60s ditty, and how is how am I supposed to feel about my? I, I don't know how that works, but well, we got I think another groupie to visit, uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we have to get on to. with the wah i was on point um but that's I, not what i was gonna say about this actually um this is such a yes song to me it's a yes chord progression oh yeah you're right it's the, 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 there's so many yes vibes from me from from this you know you can almost hear some of that and you and i chord progression i think it was used uh on a track on heaven and earth which is kind of a deep cut for you yes fans out there if you want to you're listening to their latest album um but i don't know i just got these yes vibes from it perhaps not the uh slightly groupy lyrics i don't know whether that's a rumor or not yeah, but uh i think that was a rumor that i came across uh and again i don't think this is as strong as uh summer of 68 i think that was more kind of a unique because uh, it was right. so unexpected here it's like okay it, I don't know. I don't know if Rick's trying to show that how much of a ladies' man he was. He was like the, he he he, he was the uh, like the Tommy well the Tommy Lee, but he was a keyboard player of the band. He was just out of control. Just oh, ouch. Yeah, wh- just the wh- keyboard player gets the the, the leftover. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he, he, yeah. I know. Yeah, who knows? Yes, Roger. Right. Roger Waters. He's rocking a keytar out there. He's got the hand B three. He's got the mode. He's laying down the low end. We all know how that. uh, Good vibrations, baby. Come on. Yeah, who knows? But uh, I thought that was funny. As far as yeah, can't remember the girl's (laughs) name. Kind of gave it away in the. uh, uh, Does he? I don't. He seems too uh, too polite. Yeah, not to ask for. uh, But I guess we'll never know. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. But. uh, 
Uh, but I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, the two groupie songs, and who are they sung by? The very quiet, uh, the quiet member of Pink Floyd. He's the one who's having all these. He's pull, uh, He's pulling all the tail in the band. He is. It's funny. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Was 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 he living a double life? It was he like this very respected British kind of. Is this the reason why David and Roger Roy's going at it and and, uh, and angry? Rick was just off yeah. to the side. That's no why. Yeah, he's, yeah, he goes, Somebody he was frustrated. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but one more. Just on the bong. <laughs> Right, yeah, one more point I wanted to make. Yeah, with that guitar solo you played right at the end there, I, I think that's probably the most dated solo. Yeah. I mean, everywhere else it's very much like, oh, that's a Dave, that's a Dave solo. But here it just felt with the wah pedal, it just didn't. It's like it all, all of a sudden it's like it is 1972 and not in a good way. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got. I got to say the same thing, Chris and 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 Kev. You might agree with me here, but as soon as I heard that wah, I just got an immediate Vietnam flashbacks to Cosmic Drift. And a certain player playing <laughs> playing some stock wow. Jerry Jerry Garcia riffs on an Epiphone uh, Les Paul, uh, which I, I that's pretty awful. It, yeah. Oh, it's it's it is gross. <laughs> uh, if only you saw his outfit of the guy that I'm speaking yeah. of. But that's that for a later out, date. Daddy. That that's for a later date. But anyway, I said very hippie-ish guitar tones. Uh, it's. You guys mentioned yes. Uh, I'm going to throw another band out there that might be a little uh, different. I'm hearing a lot of Steely Dan here, believe it or not. Uh, here, I feel like I can hear Donald Fagan singing over those verses. I, f- I feel like I could hear it on Can't Buy a Thrill or, personally, my favorite Steely Dan uh, record, Asia. Uh, I feel yeah. like I can even hear... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say the whole song is Steely Dan. I would just say maybe just the jazzy kind of verses. But uh, yeah, those guitar tones—it's just—it's dated and, and it just doesn't do it for me. It gives me nightmares. Here's where I'm at with this song and this album. I mean, first, if we're going to talk influences, um, and and they were contemporaries at this point, so I think it's a more than fair comparison. Um, ELO, definitely. Yeah. There's there's and with with ELO would have put a thousand times more effort into the orchestration of this piece than Pink Floyd just kind of. Cash a check with this one. I mean, that's where I'm kind of getting to this album, really, with a, a, you know, are we supposed to judge this as a film score or are we supposed to judge this as a soundtrack? Because there is some decent film score stuff on here. I mean, the opening two tracks, we we raved about those. And there are some decent songs on here, but they just don't flow together at all. And really, it starts to fall apart at the end of the album to say, like, you know, what's I, I don't I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know how to judge this as an album of music, because, again, this was, you know, music for a movie that is not meant to be seen because you can't find it anywhere so it just gets to be different uh, difficult to judge this album when we've kind of got these just mail it in songs at the end of it all right well i believe that is my cue to close this thing out uh with absolutely curtains
it's funny, uh, just in case uh, the experimental uh, core audience of Pink Floyd for, uh, thought that they were being left out, yeah. Yeah, Pink Floyd uh, bookends yeah, the experimental era here with uh, almost six minutes of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are my hiccups again. Yeah, just brought it right... Yeah, run them right out again. It's like uh, they tried to make another Echoes, and then they're just like, ah, it's just some stupid soundtrack album. Yeah, this, yeah, this, like, yeah, this slap song. Slap the Fearless ending on it, call it a day, and send them the bill. Like, this is just not really a, <laughs> yeah, a, I would, yeah, a after, hybrid song at all. After, send after, them the bill. Yeah, after, and that's why this, if this wouldn't have been on there, I probably would have boosted my score a little bit, but... Yeah, this was just an irritating kind of speed. But no, this this was a pothole that where it's like where it's pretty much a manhole, and you're driving in right into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like driving into a hole. You know, to be honest, stay is a decent closer. Yeah. What it really yeah. is like stay is a it does feel yeah. it just have a, an ending feel to it. Yeah, here it's like you're feeling good about your anonymous sex with a groupie, and now it's like then you all of a sudden you've got weird Eastern or whatever the hell you want to call it chanting with. A synth that goes on for way too long. <laughs> Six minutes to be precise, or five fifty or whatever the hell it is. But uh but yeah, this um yeah, this was one out of this is probably it's funny, I've with all the experimental tracks they've done, I've let it go because up until now, I mean that's I mean that's kinda of, kinda of was their their bread and butter. But here it just feels way out of place. I mean, at least with Echoes, it was I mean Echoes is kind of a definitive kinda whether or not you're into that music or not, it felt like a part of that part of Pink Floyd. Here, this mm-hmm. just feels again. It's just like they're just throwing. But again, I don't know. Again, because nobody could find the movie. Who knows? Maybe the ending of this movie is really weird, and this was yeah. and this works. <laughs> I don't know. But for me, I just, I just like, uh, I, I, I think I just pretty much stopped halfway through, and just kind of skimmed through. I'm like, okay, now nah, there, no, nah, okay, I don't think I need to sit here for another six minutes. Yeah, <laughs> this is the kind of song you can listen to at two X. <laughs> <laughs> that makes <laughs> I'd like to hear that all ending right. chanting at 2x actually uh, <laughs> alright anyway well, anybody I, else have anything to say no <laughs> <laughs> there we go that was pretty emphatic yeah. <laughs> that's it Chris let's, yeah. let's, let's get to it <laughs> curtains on that let's get to 7 for the buy Chris right, this... take it away first one to 3 correct answers gets an extra yeah. Buy or terminate, and let me calculate it up, Chris. Are you on your last of these? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. No, we're on seven. So yeah, are you going to use it here? Or are you going to use it on dark side? Uh, I'll probably use it on dark side. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot more. Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. save it. Save it for <laughs> save it for the uh, the big buffet. Sure. Um, yeah. So take it away, Chris. All right. Okay. Question one: uh, True or false? Uh, childhood uh, ends uh, was the last song David Gilmore would pen all the lyrics for until taking the reins uh, on a momentary lapse. I think that was Kevin. Yeah. True. Uh, you are correct. Yes. I thought that really? was interesting. Yeah. Huh. Like, like, all I, the lyrics. Like he didn't contribute at all. Uh, no, as far as writing everything, yeah, I this was the okay. last time that he had full control a over the lyrical kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right, so that's one for Kev. All right, here we go. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Uh, <laughs> Very unenthusiastic. Yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to keep these hiccups at bay because they don't yeah. want to. Oh, I love God. that. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, I have never listened to a show and heard somebody have hiccups. Like it's got to happen. <laughs> I felt it coming, and I was like, oh God, I just can't. Like, and of course, there's no. I don't have water down here. You so. want to take a break? I mean, <laughs> no, it's all right. Well, let's let's get through this. Um, all right. Uh, question two: True or false? 
Uh, none of the songs on this recording received any airplay in the U.S. Wow, Kevin. Uh, false. I believe Free 4 did release. Yeah, uh, you were right, airplay. man. This this man knows this his. Guy, uh, this guy wants this. Studied the Wikipedia yeah. page. All right, this guy he, wants this one. Can he sweep this? <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, I gave All this right. high score. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, true or false? Um, and this I found this uh, kind of a reference from a uh, Pink Floyd book. As mentioned in the uh, Pink Floyd, uh, the music and the mystery. Uh, what's the deal became a staple of early seventies uh, Pink Floyd uh, as far uh, as far as part of their set. Yes, Mark. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at it just because I'm down 0-2 here. Uh, I feel like that is false, and there was another track on this album that did that. Uh, you are correct. Yeah, you nice. got it. Is there, is there, was, there, was that applicable to another track? Uh, I can't, I can't remember. I was focusing on this. Uh, but yeah, this was never performed live by Pink Floyd, but was resurrected uh, during uh, David Gilmore's later solo tours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that's... Uh, I'll have to check back to see if there was a song that was... Like Fat uh, Old Son, too. Right. All right, so, yeah. okay. Not a wipeout yet. All right. Um, okay. Uh, true or false? Uh, the album cover uh, is a fully distorted image of a man in a tree. Uh, I think that was... Who was that? That was Mark? Mark I, I, yeah. Right? yeah. Definitely yeah. wasn't me. Yeah, it's a, a, a bokeh tree, and I believe there's a hand reaching out. Right, you were correct. Um, I guess yeah, they were f- oh, true or what? <laughs> yeah, it was true. Yeah, yeah, you were. Um, a good uh, yeah, I guess they were going through some slides, and I guess one of the slides jammed or whatever, or God didn't go. And whoever was putting the album cover together liked how that looked, so they used it. Uh, yeah. So that was kind yeah. of a weird little detail. All right, Kevin and oh, wait, using the Al- Alex, get the piano off your back here. Okay. Yeah, you guys are you guys are. Be- I mean, a couple of these I knew. I'm just I'm not quick on the draw. So what can I say? Yeah. All right. Gun stuck uh, in his holster. Okay, let me make sure I uh, don't repeat anything. Um, okay, here we go. All right. Um, true or false? Uh, the album uh, charted lower in the UK uh, than uh, the previous two records. Oh, I hate these. Oh, yeah, I, I feel don't like know I know this. them, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Charted lower than metal and Adam Hart Mother. I'm just gonna go because I haven't answered anything yet. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm gonna pick the. Uh, I feel like this is almost a trick. I'm actually gonna say. Tr- I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna say it charted higher than those. You should have gone with your initial. Uh, ah, well, <laughs> whatever. Tried cutting the wire, and then he went to the other one, and boom! The yeah. yeah. Um, in his face. Uh, it's it, okay. it charted at six, actually, where Metal uh, charted at three, and Adam Hartmother uh, debuted at one. Yeah, which it's funny that one or that Adam Hartmother was the one that charted higher than any of these. And yeah. I guess the British really have some weird, uh, uh, weird taste. Okay, so Alex is out. All right. Okay, here we go. I don't know if this will be the uh, uh, tiebreaker. It's got to be. All right. No, I, 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 I guess I guess I'll throw a hydrogen bomb in here. Let's see if you guys know this. All right. Okay. Uh, the chanting toward the end of Absolutely Curtains was taken from the recordings of a tribe from what country? Uh, was it A, India? B, Chile? C, New Guinea? 
Or D, Pakistan. Mark, get off your phone. I don't know if you're looking at your... <laughs> <laughs> my phone? It, it, I'll throw it, it out it, there, though. It, oh. was, it was Ray from the Burbs. Ray, you're chanting. You're chanting. <laughs> <laughs> Opened up a time portal. All right, all right, Mark, what uh, are you... I'm what? going with India or Pakistan. I'm not sure which. I know they're mortal enemies, so I know uh, if we have any Pakistani or Indian listeners, they will not appreciate me getting this wrong. Okay. Or maybe it's neither. Um, I will go with Pakistan. You are incorrect. It was no. New Guinea. So oh, nice. Yeah. Not so, like I wouldn't. I, that was New Guinea was going to be my guess, but I know. I knew it was Eastern. I didn't know it was that far Eastern. Yeah. I yeah. I, I was kind of surprised. I, I figured it was somewhere from India, like around there. But no, it was. Uh, um, it was something they just found a recording. Like they, like they, it's not like they brought in like a uh, like an actual like tribe to sing that. It was just taken. Oh, you from know, a, I should have noticed yeah. because that's where the movie takes place. Yeah, they go to they go to Papua New Guinea. Oh boy! Oh, yeah. I should have known that. I, I think I did read that. <laughs> shot again. Yes. Uh, we can't read your mind, oh sir. Yeah. yeah. All right. Kevin. You know, I like the idea of changing my red alert, my Star Trek red alert sound to just a gun. Yeah, that's yeah, that's your yeah. I like that too. Actually, your quick yeah. draw. Yeah. yeah. Whether you All shoot right. yourself in the foot, yeah. Three fifty-seven. And now, love it. Or flush it. Okay, tonight's tonight's order for the love it or flush it, Kevin, Chris, myself, and Mark. Let's start it off with the title track, Obscured by Clouds. Kev, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give this a love. Sets the tone. Nice. Chris? Uh, Same here. Yeah, it it really is a well-constructed intro Yeah, for a cinematic piece. Agreed. And I love the ties to John Carpenter, if they were intentional or not. It worked for me. Sets the tone. Mark? And I'll... And also, Wash. no farting sense either. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I were, if I wanted to listen to John Carpenter, I could listen to one of his many albums. I really think it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit drone and boring. And again, I'm, I'm more on the side of judging this on an album rather than judging it as a film score. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on over to track two. When you're in, Kev? Uh, I think this one's going to get the flush. Okay, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, very light love. Uh, again, it's very stock and trade, but I think it it serves its purpose in kind of painting a picture. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna agree. I think originally I was leaning more towards a flush, but honestly, that this discussion with the tie-ins to uh, sort of the uh, '70s crime movie kind of saved it for me a little bit. So I'll give right. it the as, lightest as, of as, squeezes. Right, as a standalone very track. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't work right, as Mark? a standalone track. Oh. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, Chris. It is just yeah. not a two-spot material. And yeah. if you're going to put this album as a film score, then you should have been a more... Again, I, again, I told you where I was going with the previous track, so I'll stay consistent and give this another flush. Like Kevin said, if you heard the first 10 seconds, you heard the whole song. Kevin, I didn't get that. Did you get that a, a flush or a love? I gave it a flush. Okay. All right, and we'll move it on over to track three, Burning Bridges. Cap, what do you think? Uh, I am going to give this a love. I think this actually works very well in this spot, and I very much like the sound of it. Okay, Chris? Uh, yeah, same here. I love the, uh, kind of again, the, my warm blanket guitar solo there, and uh, the harmonies are really kind of coming into their own. So yeah, a love for me. Interesting. All right, I think I'm going to offend some people here. I'm going to go ahead and call this one Boring Bridges. I'm going to flush it because it did nothing <laughs> for me. 
a bridge you don't care to cross. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know that's probably pretty weird to hear. Oh, you're gonna save when you're in, but you're gonna flush this one. But I don't know something that the tie into the, the seeing it in a film score versus just this. I, I I guess I didn't get it. So Mark, uh, well, break out the rubber glove, Chris. Hand that over, and uh, I will Chris's rubber glove. Bring it up. Oh wow, a rubber glove into a buy. Yeah, I f- I feel like there was something there that uh, didn't deserve to be at the bottom of the bowl or sewer, whatever you might want to say. It's just a. Uh, um, I think this might be the last contribution um, from both uh, Mr. Gilmore and Mr. Wright all the way until High Hopes, I think, on Division Bell. So uh, even for that, uh, I may be wrong on that, but even still, again, huge stock is rising on Mr. Right. Uh, I love his songwriting, love the 3-4 feel of it. I've been buying some weird songs. I've been buying some Roger Waters. I've been buying, well, I did buy Summer of 68, so I guess I could be a little right heavy because I did also buy Sisyphus. So um, maybe this will be my last one for a while, considering that he would take a back seat. Um, and I feel like, Eh, I mean, it really is a uh, um, an of the era song that doesn't feel too far ahead of its time. Like "Obscured by Clouds" might feel a little too eighties. Doesn't feel too far behind the times. Like it's stuck in the sixties. So a good representation of nineteen seventy two for me. Ring it up. Nice. All right, track four, the rocker, the gold. It's in the Kev. What do you think about this one? Well, I'm a little annoyed by the title and yet another fade out, but I'm gonna have to keep this around. I think it's too interesting to flush. Cool. All right, Chris? I'm going to buy this one. I just love its meat and potatoes rock feel to it. it again, I, every time I played it while listening uh, back to the record, yeah, I just, like, yeah, this is kind of classic rock for me. Yeah, yeah you know what? It, I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, do I want to buy this one? Because it's probably my favorite song. But then there's a song later on that's probably better. But And you're going to know where I'm going here, but we're going to get plenty of it on the next record. So that's why I think I'll buy this one to kind of encapsulate this album here. So, Mark? Oh, I guess I'm going to be the only one to give it a flush. I feel like it's very low effort. There's a lot of one-take freaks on this album, and this is the song I think it shows the most. All right. Track five. What's the deal? Captain. Oh, God. I really hate the title. I really, I really hate the Are you going to be embarrassed about putting it on your Spotify playlist and telling I, somebody, listen to Pink Floyd, check out the seventh track. But, but you know deal? what? You know what? I have flushed and terminated absolutely every other, like, Pink Floyd goof song in a way. So um, maybe it, the title deserves a spot on the playlist. Now I'm going to give this a buy. Wow. Oh! Oh, nice. That was some All segue right. in there. Nice. <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. All right, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, again, the very massive stocks are rising. Um, I know I kind of wrote here it was conventional, but uh, I, yeah, again, it's just got some great feel. And then that slide guitar just totally kicks butt. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I agree. I'm going to give it a love as well. Uh, liked it all the way through pretty much. So, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, big old love for me to follow up. I mean, I feel like this is the one song that, you know, let's say, you know, however many weeks from now we are deep into just diving and piecing apart uh, the wall. And I feel like if I look back and I say like, you know, I kind of feel like when they used the good old days, when they used to write 
what's uh, the deal that uh, it just really <laughs> encapsulates not as well as burning bridges, but in my opinion, but uh, in, in terms of like, this is the song I'll remember off the album. So big credit for that and a big love. All right. And we'll move on over to mud men, which I believe is the final song on side one. If you're, if you have the original LP, uh, Kev, what do you think about this one? <clears throat> I kind of want to know, uh, what the inspiration for the title was for this. Um, but I don't think I'm that curious about it. So uh, it gets the flush. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... Uh... Uh, there, there we go. I can make sure it's down there. Um, I'm going <laughs> to make don't... sure it's down there. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to take any chances. <laughs> we yeah. got a train kept a rolling coming here, Chris? Yeah, think? no, I, I'm going to take it one step farther. Uh, oh! Yeah, we need to we need to nuke the Mudmen. Hashtag Ooh. nuke the Mudmen. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a downward trend. Stocks are sinking. Yes. The stocks are burned. Uh, okay. Yeah, stocks are yeah. All right. I will, Alex, I will, tell us you're buying the mudmen. No, no, I already bought I already SEC used my buy. Oh, I'll yeah. say I say if anything, I enjoyed the guitar tone, I guess, just because it's kind of the first time I really heard that signature tone. I could be wrong on there. I'll go back, I'll check the film, I'll check the tapes, but it gets the flush. <laughs> Alex auditioning for an NFL coach. Yeah, I'm throwing out the red flag here. <laughs> All right, and let's wrap it up with Mark Mudman. What do you think? Yeah, I think flush. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's just short, short, short yeah, sweet. <laughs> Four flushes. You know what? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my one time resurrection. Uh, I want to flush this because I there's one other song I don't know why because maybe it's because I forgot it so much. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. No, it's it's gonna be. I think you guys know where I'm going. What are you gonna put together the Mud Men with? You already nuked them. Their their jeans are all screwed. I don't, up. I don't know. I'm sure my dad. I'm sure my dad can figure it out. He's pretty handy. Yeah, mud Men with four arms coming out of their head. <laughs> Resurrecting the Mudmen. I don't know why that sounds like a horrible B movie. A mutated Mudmen. Just barely hanging on for dear life. Fingers all over the place. Talk about a great Roger Corman movie. You know what? It's almost worse than a T because at least you put it out of its misery. Now you're bringing it back and you're causing it to suffer. Uh, like it was That's begging fun. for mercy to be put out of it <laughs> to come back and just put it up for yeah, all we, to yeah, see we, no, we can, yeah, it should can, exist yeah. in their discography yeah, <laughs> I want more 90s boss tone in my David a guy who's renowned for just incredible tone and it just sounds like <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Right, yeah, was, I, I, I'm going to move. No, 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 it's not. No, it's it's not. not. I'm I'm moving on. I'm moving on before he gets a chance to change his mind. All right, side two, opening track, Childhood's End, Kev. Well, I think that uh, I'm trying to keep track of the buys in my head, but I think somebody needs to buy this, so I'm going to use my second buy on this one. All right. Chris? Uh, yeah, I like this a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff going on here, uh, whether it's Dave's vocals or uh, the intro. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a real head bobber. So, yeah, yeah, big love. Nice. Yeah, normally I probably would have bought it, but like I said, it's basically a dark side B-side, and we're going to get a whole more, whole lot more of this on the next album, and there's better there to buy from. So 
just gets a strong, strong love for me. Mark? Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way. Well, I mean, it's a bit jukeboxy for me, but um, it definitely is not worth a flush. So definitely uh, has to have to get a love going its way. All right. Let's move it on over to the standalone single on the album, Free Fall. Uh, Kev, what do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the accent didn't do it for him. Definitely not. Chris? Yeah, uh, yeah, as much as I like the guitar playing, yeah, the farting synth kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> overshadows uh, pretty much everything else. And uh, yeah, it's just very, it's a very uneven, it's probably the most uneven song they've done up to this point. Uh, and just for that, yeah, I have to give it the flush. Oh, okay. I was, I was no. no you, I was you, secretly hoping you were going to use the T and then pull it back again. I know, I know. Chris, you gotta stop terminating songs and resurrecting them. You know, all these mutant uh, uh, yeah, Pink Floyd songs, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This one, I, I, I'm not sure because at first I was thinking like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I feel like I'm gonna give it the lightest of squeezes, the lightest of squeezes. Alex, it Alex just, it beat. just, it just sneaks by. It snuck out the back door and it got in the getaway car before I got a chance. <laughs> You're being really kind to this album for somebody who gave it only a five and a half. Oh, it's going down for sure. We'll get there. Mark? <laughs> it's going to be another sane anger. I just flushed the rest of them. <laughs> I don't know how many tracks are left. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you weren't alone on this. I'm also going to give it a light squeeze. Maybe not the lightest of squeezes, but um, I mean, I do like the oscillation between 60s and 70s. Um, strange brokenness about it notwithstanding i do think it is a cool contrast and it really is something that i feel it adds to somebody's listening experience of the band again i'm judging this on the songs and not the uh score so it's a decent song and it gets a love yeah okay all right we'll move it on over to track nine stay kev what do you think about this one uh, you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns on this one and uh, give it a love. Um, yeah, uh, why not? Uh, why not prop up Rick's groupy escapades a little bit more um, as another side to the band and maybe as a laugh at Dave and Roger? Who knows? Um, <laughs> but but uh, I'm going to keep this one around. All right. Chris? Nick uh, doesn't care. Okay, Nick's yeah. too busy on the bong and trying to figure out his metronome. Oh, <laughs> Uh, here we go hashtag long metronome yeah there we go yeah uh <laughs> anyway uh yeah uh, the uh, guitar solo notwithstanding uh, i will give this a light squeeze it uh, i do like kind uh, of rick's singing on here and just the the idea of rick being like the like the the casanova of the band yeah just makes me laugh so yeah <laughs> all right yeah this one uh you mean i like i said i like the the parts that remind me of steely dan but I'd rather much, much rather listen to Steely Dan than this and the uh, Cosmic Drift esque guitar uh, tones and solos. Just it's not, it's not good, and I don't need it. So it's so back yeah, to flush. Nom. Oh, okay. Let's wrap it up with Mr. Yeah, Mark. I was all ready to send this down into the plumbing until uh, Chris suggested the. Um, 
Uh, you know, I, I, or I suggest, somebody suggested this as being the closer, and I feel like you this did, would yeah. be a pretty closer. And I think that by mathematical elimination, we all know which way absolutely curtains is going. So I think it will be the closer. <laughs> so I'm not going to be the closer when I think it's de- decent. So give it a love. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, you end on free four, and uh, the rest of us are going to stick around with stay. Because <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I love I love when we start anticipating what a track is gonna be before we get to it. <laughs> I'll be sure, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure, but it's just the way it worked out. All right, let's uh, let's fire up the aircraft carrier and get those F-14s ready, folks. Absolutely, curtains, Kevin, let them go. <laughs> oh boy. Chris? Yeah, I'm going to call upon my army of mutant mudmen to uh, to burn and decimate. <laughs> he's going to pillage. The curtains. He's not just going to nuke. He's going to pillage. <laughs> Chris, this is absolutely brutal. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, just I wanted, I wanted to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. No, 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 quick, no quick death. <laughs> if, if, my, if, my, if my lead into this song didn't give it away, uh... Just drop it. Okay, just drop it. <laughs> and I will salt the earth with another tea. <laughs> I think that might be that might be a, a love it or flush it first. No, a Spanish piece. The luster yeah. in the air was universally terminated. No, but Good it job, is, I, Pink Floyd, with your. It is the last time uh, yeah. the yeah, the uh, the closer is universally terminated. Yeah, try clear try a little harder sent. next time. Yeah, you know me and the strong closer for, at love <laughs> at uh, love it or flush it and light the sky. Guys, just just lop off the last one, and you got a, a decent album, I guess. Um, because really, it, not a lot of flushes to go around. Uh, I feel like in a review of my score, I might uh, again. I'm still caught between judging this as a film score and judging this as a soundtrack, but I do think that it might be worth a point. So give it for five. Take me up to a six. Okay, mm-hmm. mm, nice. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm probably gonna stay at seven. Uh, again, I still there's. A lot I like here. I probably I probably would have boosted at least a half point if it wasn't for that glorious closer there. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you say you think of absolutely curtains. It's like it's like the most you could just putting curtains on an era. <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, it's, and, and my conversation <laughs> of is, is this like is that going to lead into uh you know is that going to lead into, into speak to me like okay it does I guess like I don't know how many people were listening to that back to back but it was almost like they were thro- people even bought this album really in the U S at least but. It was almost like they were throwing okay. a curveball, like, okay, this is the end now. You don't know what's coming. Oh, we've got something yeah. for you guys. Last yeah. glimpse of a brand on the precipice of superstardom. Right, Absolute yeah. curtains. <laughs> not, 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 not a huge change for me, but I will drop it down a half point Oof. from 5.5 to a 5 on this one. Okay. I uh, actually, after the discussion, ended up liking songs more that I was originally going to flush and vice versa. So. Oh, wow. Hmm. Wild. Kevin? 6.5 still there up you down. know oh yeah I, i'm gonna stand pat on on this one it it, it kind of did this the usual where the discussion boosts the songs that i liked and uh really tanks the songs that i was kind of on the fence or gonna thinking about flushing anyway mm-hmm. all right yeah so that ends obscured by clouds save for the 30 seconds that best represents the album and and uh where they are at this time. So I feel like you have to cut out um 
what is it childhood's, childhood's end. end yeah that yeah. doesn't no yeah, that, that's that's not gonna work you know um, what i was actually gonna would be where i go you would go with that you know what i was actually gonna say and it's almost like was it echoes that kind of like wrapped a lot of what every every pink floyd album prior to kind of put into one song i almost kind of heard that on free four I was almost going to pick, even though I didn't really care for that song, I gave it a light squeeze. I felt like it kind of mixed a little bit of the old with the new. So that's why I felt maybe it represents the album, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the uh, Corporal Clegg with uh, a bit, but does it yeah, like... We're is so it past as, yeah. Corporal Clegg. Ah, yeah, that, that, that's great a, song. Great no, song. No, it isn't. I didn't like, like this one. Amazing go book a bed and stay there. <laughs> big song. Big tune. Uh, I, I, know, I, I, I would actually go with is, uh, "What's the Deal," this, like Mark. Yeah, this this was a tough one. Uh, I like again, that song. again, the uh, the guitar playing on "What's the Deal" the deal is kind of uh, it's got that kind of "Wish You Were Here" maybe, where it's kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, but not quite yeah. there yet. But no, but you know what I mean. But it's, it's uh, still folky. Yeah. So, what do you think? Like the last uh, yeah, kind of starting like the the, uh, uh, the guitar solo. Yeah, like the, the piano. The, the piano to the guitar. Guitar yeah. solo. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, we got a timestamp on that, and then we're close. Maybe I think right here. I mean that sounds like that the is good. The 60s to me. Yeah, that is good. It really yeah. does. Yeah, I, so, I definitely like it. has enough of the band in it as an obvious like this is the band too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd be All I'd right. be fine with that. I gave it a love. Yeah, sure. sounds good. All right, now uh, you know definitely going to be interesting uh, going forward, considering that we have left the territory of the band that I really know very little about. To be honest, um, I mean Piper a little bit. You know, I definitely had experience with Piper, but the rest of it was all of discovery. And now it seems like all of us are going to be entering the field in which we know quite well. And you know, honestly, lots of people do because of some of the biggest uh, and uh, most popular and most heard albums on earth uh, coming up and even to follow. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, for those of you who are uh, excited for that, we definitely are as well. And looking for uh, um, more feedback. Plus, we're going to be bringing on a couple of guests, hopefully, a first for the Love It or Flush It. Uh, uh, or no, actually, the whole show will probably be bringing on guests because it's going to be really, uh, you know, some really influential albums coming up and a lot of people that we know, friends of ours, that uh, were influenced by this and want to do, uh, you know, their say their own bit. So, yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to go on a quest right now to try to find this film and see if I actually um, like it <laughs> with the music. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get out of uh, collector's only territory and boost it into a more comprehensive uh, uh, rating that includes the music. Um, any of you guys got any closing thoughts? Mm. No, I think mm, we're... Not really. Let's just bring on the rest of the uh, discography. Yeah, time, yeah. Time, for the, time, time for the big leagues. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So <laughs> Moved strange, on from really. AAA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I really think that that's, they're a unique band in that respect. I mean, I know Chris, you had said that. I think it was Fleetwood Mac that uh, blew up with their 10th album or something. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. After, yeah, God, I think it was, it was definitely more than Floyd. Uh, that's for sure. You know what? Well, yeah. Well, you know what? Another band I just thought of that took a little while to get there is, if I'm not mistaken, Journey. 
a lot of their early records, mm-hmm. I mean, until it got into like Infinity, right. I think. Anything like prior that when they had uh, Fleischman, <clears throat> a little Vinnie Vincent Invasion yeah. uh, <laughs> reference there, I, I don't think any of those really early Journey records were doing a whole lot <clears throat> until they got to like maybe Infinity and then you know, whatever was after that. But Well, what's interesting about those bands is that they really, I mean, I don't think they recorded anything with Robert Fleischman. Um, you know, he he just wrote... Uh, um, is that right? That's probably yeah, right, actually. I don't think there was a single recording of him with the band, but, you know, those bands just didn't have made the fortune or the budget or whatever Pink Floyd had to get in the studio and put out albums to have us see them develop. I'm not uh, sure I can think of another band like that. I guess uh, it was only three albums into Infinity, so that's like not crazy. Yeah, you know but. who else? Uh, I, I I can't think of another band as far as where it took them six or seven albums before they actually had like a hit uh, was uh, Ario Speedwagon. Uh, I was gonna say them. I'll, I'll, actually, though, a lot of that early Ario stuff, though, was, I like. Yeah, though, like keep cool pushing, yeah. incredible song. And riding the storm out, I know, was one of the was a semi hit, but other than that, yeah, oh, they, yeah. I, I was. Well, I can't remember what I was watching, but they said it was one of the a very unusual. Uh, position for a record label to stick with a band who had like no that wasn't selling records across half a dozen records and then all of a sudden yeah, it wasn't until yeah they came out in what like 71 and it wasn't until like 78 where they finally oh there's the hit yeah it's yeah sure but, uh, and, and really we've left we're going to be leaving the territory of anything really i mean i know i know uh you know animals can be a bit progressive at time but uh you know they, they've really done all that they can in terms of progressive rock and you know really it's i I think you can make we can continue the discussion as we go on but pink floyd as progressive rock are they or are they just too classic or you know i don't know like they're definitely nowhere near genesis trespass foxtrot yes close to the edge relayer i mean all that that was going on in the uk scene um you know at that time and it's really i mean camel and even all the underground bands that were doing it too pink floyd uh you know transcended that so it's interesting to see um you know how progressive that might feel you know like it's might not even be at all really uh in comparison to all that we've listened to and absorbed up to this point uh from piper to obscured by clouds yeah yeah so yeah with that we move on we will uh talk to you next week and we will present one big humdinger of a show for one of the most popular albums of all time dark side of the moon see you